But I want to talk about the last one, and that, that's this word. Write down, it is the discipline of celebration. In fact, write down the title of this last message, this last installment. It's called, It's Time to Celebrate. Wish the music would come on right now. Celebrate good times. See? Told you I'd use the neck right there. It's time to celebrate. And I want to convince you that we serve the God of festivity. Serve the God of celebration. If you go through the Old Testament, God's always like, hey, you guys stop for one week and throw a party. Because of my goodness and my faithfulness and who I am, these are, you're going to have these festivals and you're going to honor me and celebrate me. And I just believe this. Our church is birthed out of the verse John 10.10. 10. If you don't know this about Zoe, we're a John 10.10 10 church. And the, John, the verse says this. It says, the evil one, he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Translation, he comes to take away the cord that allows the speaker system to play with the DJ's been mixing. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Live a celebratory life, the abundant life, smiling, laughing, joyful, happy, excited, partying. Not partying just a party, but partying with a purpose. Partying to celebrate how awesome God is. His faithfulness, his love, his compassion, his mercy, his gentleness. Come on, his love for our life. We're celebrating not just that we got a promotion, not just that we got breakthrough, not that we just got a, a new child. No, we're celebrating it's all Jesus. No, oh, I love Psalm 150. Look at this. Psalm 150, it says this. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Oh, I feel like dancing in this place. Praise him with the string instrument and with the flutes. Praise him with the loud cymbals. Praise him with the clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath... Praise the Lord. Come on, put it in the chat today. If you feel like praising God, feel like praising God and lifting up my holy hands and feel like celebrating because God has been better to me than I deserve. He has been greater to me than I ever imagined. I don't know about you. I didn't get this far in my dreams. I, I, I didn't pray my way to where I am today. It has been undeserved blessing. It has been unmerited favor. It is all God. It is all grace. It is not your talent. It is not your work ethic. There is no self-made man. There's only a God-made man. Somebody thank him today. I feel like celebrating. I'm telling you, break out the piñata, the horchata, the burrito, fajito. Bring it all out. We're going to celebrate the goodness of God. I want to show you why some of us struggle to celebrate and we're slow to hit the celebration button. We all love a good cupcake. We all love some balloons and some, and, and, and some uh, confetti. We all lo love to celebrate. Why are you so slow to celebrate the goodness of God? 
See, because you got to understand, it's the culmination of all these habits quiet time, solitude, gratitude, Sabbath rest, renewing my mind, all the prayer and worship, the culmination where it lands is in celebration. It's, it's living with intention. It's living within contrast. How could God ask me to be quiet and then God asked me to be loud? The same God asked me to slip away into the wilderness is the same God that says bring the church together and bring a loud clanging cymbal and give glory to my name. How could, listen, this is the culmination of a dangerous habit lifestyle, that it ends with me celebrating. How come so many of us are slow to celebrate? Tell you the first reason why. Let me give you some problems in our life. The first reason why is we're still entangled. We're still in sin. Oh, I love Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Watch what the writer of Hebrews says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked by. The reason why we don't run and the reason why we don't dance and celebrate and have joy and have a good time is because we still caught up. We're ensnared. We are entangled. I was preaching earlier this year about the fact that we found out we had rats in the house. You know, you heard there's a mouse in the house, there's a rat in the house. And so Julia, because she is the keeper of our household, she went out and bought a, 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 a mouse trap. And so we had, to, uh, we had to find out if there really was a rat in the house because we, we saw some, some markings, translation in the Greek, some doo-doo. And so... And we, 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 eventually, we put out a bunch of peanut butter. We caught one of them little jokers. And we caught him outside, actually. And we, and we caught him. And he was ensnared. See, that guy, he couldn't move when he was in that trap. He's, he's stuck. Some of us, you're stuck in sin. And you're stuck in a relationship that keeps pulling you down. You're stuck in a bad thinking pattern that keeps messing with you. And something's trapping you. Something's snaring you. You're, you're ensnared by the fear of man, the opinions of others. Noah says, let us cast off the sin that easily. I want to just encourage you today. If you feel entangled today, if you feel ensnared today, we're preaching to you the Jesus that brings freedom. There is freedom that is in Christ. And he has come today to set the captives free. If you're ensnared, if you're entangled, good news to you. We don't serve the God of doom and gloom. We don't serve the God of shame. We don't serve the God that's like, oh, look what you did. I always think about home alone with the uncle. It's like, look what you did. You jerk. Look what you did. That's not God. No, God comes and he sets us free. God comes and he, he, he untangles us from our web of sin because he wants us to live a life of celebration. He wants us to dance and laugh and have meaningful, impactful relationships. But, but, but the enemy knows we can't do that when we're ensnared in sin. And so he tries to lure us and bait us. He tries to tempt us into a lifestyle of compromise with deviant behavior. No, I love Jesus because he's here today and he's whispering in your ear. I want you to celebrate and laugh and dance. I don't want you to live a life of compromise. Here's the second reason, the second problem why we don't celebrate so easily is because we're still fixing our eyes on what they have. 
So we love to laugh and dance and celebrate, but we're, we're just watching them. And we're just like, how did, how did they get that? How come, how come they get that much? How, wow, that looks, that, you ever watch, scroll through inter, uh, uh, Instagram and be like, I'm a loser. Because we're, we're, we're fixing our eyes on what they have. The life that celebrates says, I'm happy for all y'all. But you don't understand how good God's been to me. And I, I'm happy for everybody. But come on, clap, Zoe family. Thank God today. I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus. I'm grateful for his grace and his mercy and his faithfulness and his love in my life. And I don't know what he brought you out of, but I know what he brought me out of. I don't know what he gave you, but I know what he gave me. I don't know what he forgave you from, but I know what he gave forgave me from. Come on, give God some praise today. I feel faith in your home. I feel faith in the car. I feel faith on the run that you're on right now. That God is good. And I love the story about Saul and David. What a contrast. David would go out and he'd win the big battle. And, and David was just the warrior. Saul was the king. Re remember, it's not the position that will bring celebration. It's the identity that brings celebration. And so David was the king. David's just a warrior. David would come back from the battles and the, and the, the people would go crazy like, you know, like when the Lakers win the championship. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. When the Dodgers win the championship. Sorry, sorry. When the Kings win the championship. So, like, I just keep going. But, um, but then we come back, and the, and the city would be like, Saul slains thousands. And they'd go, David slain his ten thousands. Everybody else didn't think nothing about it. Saul did. And Saul, watch, just read in the scriptures the, the response and what it's like to have your eyes on other people. See, you got to get your eyes upward today. You got to get your eyes on the God stuff. You keep watching other people's lives, you ain't going to live your life. Look at this. Oh, I love this. First Samuel. As they returned home after David had killed the Philistine, the woman poured out all of their villages of Israel singing and dancing, welcoming King Saul with tambourines, festive songs and lutes, and playing frolic with the women, saying, Saul kills by thousands, but David by ten thousands. This made Saul angry, very angry. He took it as a personal insult. He said, they credit David with ten thousands and me with only thousands. Before you know it, they'll be giving him the kingdom. From that moment on, Saul kept his eye on David. You want to mess up your life? Keep your eye on somebody else. From that moment on, Saul did not live a life of celebration. Saul lived a life of jealousy, of envy, of covetousness. Saying, there he goes again. He's winning more. And what are they going to say about me? And it's just it's a... David's the man, and David gets everything, and David just, they love David, and they don't love me, and what's wrong with me? And just, Have you ever been around somebody like this? Have you ever fallen victim to being like this? See, because the person that fixes their eye on another person will always feel like, I got cheaped. They get everything. There they go, being celebrated again. <laughs> They got all the favor. They got all the great. Who am I? I mean, what if, what's that leave me to do? 
What's in it for me? See, the, the, the disciplines of quiet time and renewing our mind and the disciplines of Sabbath rest, the discipline of prayer and worship, it allows me to go. I'm, I'm, I'm really engaged with God. And because of that, I can thank him all day long. If I don't have this stuff, I get mixed up in this stuff. And you got to be careful because you will not celebrate at the level and the degree that can bring such a burst of freedom into your soul. Here's the third one. Let me, let me just give it to you. We're still looking for an escape. So the reason why we don't celebrate how awesome God is, because we live lives that we're trying to escape from, not enter in. See, this is the difference between worship. Worshipers are trying to enter into his courts. Worshipers are trying to engage with God. They, worshipers want in, but people that don't w- live a lifestyle of dangerous habits, they want out. I'm trying to escape the kids. I'm trying to escape my spouse. I'm trying to escape this city. I'm trying to escape my reality. I need a drug. I need a hit. I need a drink. I need something. I need a club. I need something that's going to let me escape my reality. I just need some sort of hit, some sort of high. I just, I want to numb the pain, ease the pain. I want to remove the burden because I don't want to feel this stuff. So I need a way out. No, no, no. Worshipers, when you live a life of celebration, you're saying, I'm trying to get in. I'm not trying to get out. I love the story about the prodigal son in Luke 15 because the prodigal son, he wanted an escape. He wanted out. He was like, Dad, give me my inheritance right now. I'm gone. Deuces. So he escapes and he realizes the escape life is not the life. The, the escape life doesn't, it promises, it's got all the glamour, all the glitter, all the excitement, all the fun, all the friends, all the frenzy, but my soul is depleted and my mind is gone. He comes to his senses. He comes back. He goes, I want back to enter in. I want to go back to the house of God. I want to go back to my father. Come on. I feel some prodigals are coming home today at Zoe family. I feel some prodigals on the YouTube chat. Drop it. Just tell the Lord I'm coming back. He comes back to the house and watch the father. This is God. You serve the God of celebration. When the son comes back, the father goes, Woohoo! In fact, while he saw the son on the gravel road, pops ran down into Birkenstocks. Funnier than the response here. It's all right. It's fun. It was really good. It's clever. He runs down, throws his arms around his son. See, we don't wait. God doesn't wait for you on the porch like, you got a lot of explaining to do, buddy. He runs after the son, throws his arms around him. If that's not enough, he says to the guys, kill the fatted calf. I want you to get the signet ring, get the big old, like the one prince used to wear, get the big old robe. We're going to party tonight like it's 1999. Let me just read. Watch what it says, Luke, Luke uh, 15, 25. Now, uh, sorry, uh, 22. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put on a ring on his hand and sandals from Birkenstocks on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this. My son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. And they began to be merry. Translation, they began to celebrate. They began to party. They began to go crazy. I don't know what kind of dance moves they was doing back then, but they were doing the YMCA. They was busting out into the one left foot stop time, right foot two time, crisscross. Everybody clap your, I mean, they're going crazy. 
Yeah, right here. I like, I like the MC was going crazy. They did it right in. The son was back. The son is entered in. But see, there was two sons. And the older son comes back from the field. He's like, yo, are they playing everybody clap your hands? He's like, what is it? He's like, yo, man, what's, is that a DJ in, in the house? Like, what, what's going on? Look, 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 continue back in the reading. Watch what it says in the next verses. Now the older brother was in the field, and as he came and he drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. I always, I always laugh at when church folk are like, you cannot serve God and dance. It's in the Bible. This is the picture of the father and the son. And this is the picture of us coming back to grace. And there's music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. Look at verse 28. And the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. See, see, some of us, we're looking for an escape but God is looking for those that would come in, that would, they, they would enter in and say, I, I, I don't celebrate to escape my reality. I don't celebrate so I can get away from the kids. I, I celebrate so I can enter. Oh, I'll look at this Psalm, Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Here's the last reason why we struggle to celebrate. Right down the last one, number four. We're still taking ourselves too seriously. We're still like, I got to do this, and I got to do that, and I'm taking myself so serious, and I got to grind mode, and I got to just, I don't have time to celebrate, because it's about, uh, uh, the Sabbath rest to me, the reason why this dangerous habit is so important is because it's saying, I, I'm not the big deal. I don't make the world go round. The world can still operate off me only working six days. I am not needed for a seventh day. Celebration is saying, no, 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 no. I'm not the big idea. I'm not the hero. And so I'm not going to take myself to... Remember, don't take yourself seriously because nobody else is. Nobody else is being like, they are so important. They are so such a big deal. They are like, whoa. When they get around, whoa, not even princes on the earth are a big deal. The only big deal is Jesus. The only big deal is God the Father. The only big deal is the Holy Spirit. Don't take yourself so serious. No, you need to be playful. You need to have fun. You need to have some hilarity in your life. You need to be like a child. Who Jesus said, let the children come to me. Those with childlike faith. Children, I don't got to take, my five-year-old, he's silly. I look back sometimes in the back seat. He's just like this. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? He's like, ah, nothing, dad. And I look back at him. I'm like, oh, me neither. The, my, 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 the favorite book that my boys have in their whole library is called A Book With No Pictures by B.J. Novak. And they love they the excitement that is billowing up in them as we go through the pages until we get to the main page that they say before we get to this page every parent has to read this next page and they know it's coming and the page it's two pages long is one word spelt out in the most hilarious stupid way ever and when i got to say it 
I can't even be four words in, and these guys are losing their mind. And I'm losing my, my mind with them. It's good not to take yourself too seriously. It's like, I'm not a big deal. I'm a servant. I'm a human. I'm a child. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. And I think these, th- these four reasons are a reason why so many of us, we struggle to live a life of celebration. That is the problem, but let me give you the solution today. Here's the solution. Good news to you today. Write down number one. I love this. The solution is you need to start looking for a reason. Just start looking for an excuse. Start looking. Start going like, I'm looking for, like, is it your anniversary? Come on, let's turn up. What is your birthday? Come on, let's, 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 let's party like it's your birthday. Sip communion like it's your birthday. Come on, we, let's just look for excuses to party. We're going to start looking for opportunities to celebrate. I love this. We do prayer requests at Zoe, but I love the praise reports at Zoe. That we're going to pray about everything, but we're going to praise God for the breakthrough. We're going to dance and celebrate, shout. you got to start looking for an excuse to throw a party. This is my wife's passion. My wife, she parties with a purpose better than anybody I know. She's just always looking to throw baby showers and wedding showers and just uh, showers. She just, she's showers. And she's just, she's looking for, you know, and, and the other day she texted me. She's like, I'm like, what are you up to today? She's like, I'm planning four parties right now. This is awesome. She's planning Mavi's party and Winston's party and my party and her party and this party and that part. She's just, she's a party planner. And she's not a party pooper. She's a party planner. And she's just, always trying to she's trying to look for an excuse a reason to celebrate i wonder what your life would look like if you just started to go on the hunt and the proud and be like wait 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 hold on you're celebrating how many years of sobriety come on we're going out we're going to applebee's tonight that's it chevy's on me we're going out i'm going crazy well, oh, you want Olive Garden? Olive Garden. Breadstick, salad, let's go. Chili, let's get the whole thing. Soup. We're going we're gonna to party because I'm looking for an excuse. Oh, I love this. Look at Psalm 20, uh, 126. When the Lord brought us back out of the captivity of Zion, we were like those who started dreaming again. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongue with singing and then they said amongst the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. I wonder if people are going to start looking at you celebrate, celebrating around your dinner table, celebrating out at restaurants, celebrating at In-N-Out, and they're going to start looking and say, I don't know what it is about them, but I can just sense the Lord's done great things for them. I can just sense that that connect group, the Lord's done great things for that connect group. The Lord's done great things in that household, that marriage that was once broken and devastated by anger. See, see, one of the things I love about God is that God, when you walk in these dangerous habits, watch what gets washed out of you. Anger, resentment, uh, uh, devious behavior, all of these things, unforgiveness, they get washed away. And what enters in? Peace, freedom, and joy. The Lord has done great things for them. If God's done something great for you, look for an excuse to celebrate his faithfulness. Look for ways to bring around the family and be like, guys, we don't know how it happened, but God provided once again. Look for a reason. And here's the second one. Write down this one. I love this thought is that he's making all things new. 
Hear me today, Zoe family. He is, God is making all things new. So love opposite. He is not making things old. He is not making things rote and redundant and routine. He is making things new in your life. New perspectives. New faith for this season. New insight into grace. New relationships to enjoy. New excitement about your children and marriage. He's he's not making things old. He's not saying, you know what, for you, buddy, old stuff, leftovers. You get the old revelation. You get old church. You get old freedom. You get all the old. No, no, he's making things new. So by the time I get out of my Sabbath and I get into renewing my mind and I get into prayer and worship and I've got some quiet time, I get into celebration. And it's not like, yeah, we dance at church because this is what we do at the 6 p.m., I'm worshiping God because I was told to. He billows up new. It's like I got this new excitement. I got this new pep in my step. I got this new fire in my eye. I got this new thought that I've been, I've been living with and working with. And this new thing, this God is doing a new thing in you. Oh, I love the book of Revelation. Look what he says here, Revelation 21. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. I, I God, I Jesus, make all things new in your life. What's the new thing that by the time you get to this last discipline, you're like, wow, I just got a new appreciation. Wow, I got a new insight into the goodness of God. I got a new scripture to stand on this season. I got a new relationship, a new friend. I got a new connect group to join. I got something. What new thing is God doing? Don't look for evidence of his absence. Look for evidence of his presence. He's doing a new thing. And the last thing I want to encourage you with is the possibility, the possibility. Worship team, you come join me, but I love this thought. The possibility is that if you live a life of celebration, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Nehemiah 8 verse 10, and do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do not be grieved. It's a lot of grief this last year. It's a lot of grief about relationships, a lot of grief about decisions, a lot of grief about where you're at and what's going on and the nation and our state and culture. And it's a lot of grief. Can't believe that happened. Can't believe that transpired. I can't believe that I did that. I can't believe that they did that to me. It's a lot of grief. And yet here's God saying, don't be grieved. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. God says to you, do you not know those that sow in tears shall reap with songs of joy? I'm not saying that tears don't come not saying that mourning doesn't come but the Bible says he's turned my mourning into dancing only God can do this stuff and when he turns your tears and turns your grief and turns your mourning into dancing he does it with his joy did you know that joy is your weapon 
that as you operate in your city, as you operate in your workspace, as you operate in your relationships, your real weapon is that you're a joyful person. It's not joy off circumstance. It's joy from conviction. You could go through hell on earth and still be joyful. And people can look at you and go like, wait, 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 hold on. Let me just, I think it's real. I think they are really a happy person. I can't, wait, it's not artificial. When I get around them, there's substance. When I talk to them, there's depth. It's genuine. It's not from substance. It's not from pill. It's not from just experience. There is the culmination of walking with Jesus and it has manifested in the joy of the Lord. I'm praying that over Zoe. I'm praying that over you. I'm praying that over your home. I pray it'll be a joy zone. I pray it'll be a joy bomb. I pray something will billow up. Just start laughing and dancing and singing and celebrating because of the work of God. Be like, yeah, but you didn't get the job. I know, but God's so good. Yeah, yeah, but they're still sick. I know he's so good. Yeah, 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 but you're still single. That's all right. God is good. It's not based upon outcome. It's not based upon result. It is a basis of relationship with Jesus. And when I walk with Jesus and talk with Jesus and learn from Jesus, he does something in me that springs up out of me, and it's called the joy. And this joy becomes my strength. Somebody thank him today. He's doing a mighty work in me, and it's manifesting out of me. And people will look at you and go, I don't know what happened to you. You changed. What is it? Is it your diet? Are you gluten-free? Are you, are, you, um, are you seeing a counselor? Yeah, I am. And my counselor has a name. My counselor is the Holy Spirit. I spend a day of rest with him once a week. My counselor is the Holy Spirit. I get up with quiet time and I talk to him. My counselor is, is the word of God. And I read it and it renews my mind. My counselor is the Father. I pray and I worship. And because of my, come on, clap. Come on, thank him. I feel joy rising in our church today. I'm believing that for your life. I'm believing that for your home. That it would be a place of joy, hilarity, laughter, celebration, thanksgiving. You're not going to escape from your life. You're going to enter into his courts. And you're not going to get your eyes fixed on other people's blessings. You're going to fix your eyes on how good God's been to you. I really believe that some of you are getting free from sin, just from bondage and just being stuck and a life of compromise, a life of just going, I don't know why I keep doing this. I know I'm not supposed to. I know it's not God's will. I'm just, I'm stepping out of it today so I could get the joy that I really want. God could give you great joy but you can't be in bondage and receive his freedom you got to step out in faith and receive his love so you can get free today you can get whole today and you can receive joy today father i thank you for every person in our church 